The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. of Analyze This here on your NPR, the R radio station here on WTJXFM's beautiful day in paradise. It really is lovely. Um, my name is Neville James. I got a great show lineup. Um, we're going to be talking with the lottery director uh, in a little bit. Now they got a big drawing this month and a couple other things that we want to uh, talk about. Uh, keep the public abreast uh, what's going on here in the territory with the Virgin Isles Lottery. Right? Pays to play. That's the... That was the slang back in the day. And then, of course, when um, Funji used to be on um, Doc James Prime Time, um, he had the the motto. I think it was Walter Brenner who coined it. Uh, Bronco, you can let me know. Uh, good morning, Dr. Olaf Hendricks, by the way. Uh, uh, when you play the VI lottery, everybody wins. And that was the uh, the slang, the motto from back in the day. And I believe they got they got a big drive. It is the big December drive. People look forward to. So we're gonna be talking with the lottery director. Uh, it was sometime between eight twenty and eight thirty. We also could be hearing from the Department of Education. I haven't spoken to Cynthia Graham in a while. Um, checking out how the first semester uh, comment are close. Um, you know, we start school early now and wrap up the first semester in December as opposed to January back in the day. So that's a good thing. So we'll, uh, and I had seen um, uh, Commissioner um, Wells, Hendrington, and we had, uh, we had agreed that after she settled in comfortably, she'd be uh, making an appearance uh, here I analyze this. So looking forward to that. Uh, at some point down the road. So if I hear me, just uh, reach out to the kid and let me know uh, how we feeling. Right? Um, Let me uh <clears throat> pull up something here. Because uh, I was, you know, looking at the, the data. Had a kind of, you know, Suspect sample, um, manageable, but uh, not at the ratios that we've been looking at. Uh, looks like it could be a rough winter where uh, COVID nineteen is concerned. Uh, we had another uh, COVID nineteen related um, fatality. This one was on Saint Croix. Uh, that brings the number to one twenty six. And that was, I think it was announced yesterday. So I can, I can pull it up, see if I could read the, um, the press release. Because normally, um, when that um, happens, okay, here we go. Yeah, yesterday. Um, Department of Health confirms the 126th death related to COVID-19. 
After further investigating cause of death and ensuring notification of next of kin, Virgin Islands Department of Health is saddened to confirm the territory's 126th related to death related to COVID. The deceased is a 93-year-old male on St. Croix. The Department of Health extends condolences to the family and friends of our latest COVID-19-related fatality. The department continues to work to slow the spread of COVID-19 and encourages the public to become fully vaccinated and boosted. Residents are also urged to remember to follow all precautionary measures by practicing social distancing around persons with whom you do not reside, wearing a mask in crowded public areas, washing your hands often with soap and warm water, and cleaning frequently used areas thoroughly. Okay? So now last week we had number 125 on St. Thomas. Now we have number 126 on St. Croix. The data from yesterday, 140 negatives, 14 positives, a cold 10 to 1. Um, manageable, given, uh, you know, we're, we work in like Omicron. Remember that Omicron window? That was scary. But you could tell, uh, based on what's going on uh, up in the mainland, that um could be a rough one. So be careful. Okay? Right now, they're clocking steady at 12% positivity rate. 59,924 cases per day. We are going to do nationally first. Uh, hospitalizations are now at 37,010, 4,226 ICU. Average deaths, 343. So you know we had a, you must have had, this is a 14-day a tracking average. So you know we must have had a big day with deaths. Because as recently as Tuesday, the average was 261. Then it jumped up to 287 yesterday. That's a 26, uh, a bump of 26 in one day, but um, incorporated over a 14-day window. Right? So to get the average up 26 in one day, when you're looking at a 14-day graph, that means that number had to be big, and then the number had to be humongous. When it go from two eighty seven to three forty three, that's a jump of fifty six in one day, right? Just to give you an idea, what I'm talking about, right? If you have an average of a hundred over a fourteen day period, right, and then uh, one day, um. Uh, the next day, right? Let's say you had you had two hundred deaths, right? Then you got average. You got to add that two hundred for the previous thirteen days, right? That's thirteen hundred because that that was the average plus the two hundred, and then that determines what the average is, right? In that case, um, fourteen days into fifteen hundred, uh, that 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 number. Uh, it ain't gonna be that. Ain't gonna be that big, right? So just imagine, um, you know what it takes for an increase of fifty six, based on one day of data, and I could see it right here, right? Because um, worldometer.info 
they give you daily numbers. Um, when I came in on Tuesday morning, and their death numbers have always been like two weeks, two or three weeks ahead of uh, the New York Times Johns Hopkins uh, database. They had our debts at a million one hundred and six thousand nine hundred and ninety. Right? When I came in yesterday morning, they had our debts at a million one hundred and seven thousand seven hundred and ninety-four. That's an increase of eight hundred and four debts in one day. Based on their data. And then today. <clears throat> Excuse me, this morning they have the debt they have debts at one million one hundred and eight thousand eight hundred and fifteen. That's an increase of a thousand and twenty one debts based on their data. So that's the kind of number that would create uh an increase of fifty six over a fourteen day average. Check so um Let's not take our guard down. At some point, you're not going to bring back in um, Tita E. And um, Ty Camille Hunt Caesar, good doctors. And uh, to make a house call here and analyze this along with um, Brent and uh, Esther Ellis. So they can let us know uh, what's going on. Okay? Back to the local numbers. Good morning, Rufus Turnbull. Of the 14 positives in yesterday's sample, nine were on St. Croix, five were on St. Thomas. St. John continues to pitch the shutout. They also have no actives. We got 89 actives in the territory now, 57 on St. Croix, 32 on St. Thomas. Okay? And we're approaching uh, 500,000 tests. We're at 482,342. So sometime early next year, we should be you know, approaching that um, benchmark number of 500,000 tests, COVID-19 tests done here in the territory, right? With a population of anywhere from uh, 90 to 100,000, that's, that's a significant number, okay? <clears throat> Yesterday, the dog was absolutely flat. Dow increase 1.58 points. So you know that's a 0.00%. Given that the Dow was at 39,597.92. And the day before it was at 33,000. It closed at 33,596.34. And consistent with a very flat day uh, uh, on Wall Street of the 30 blue chip stocks. 15 saw gains, 15 saw losses. Very, very consistent. NASDAQ down 0.51%. S&P down 0.19%. Russell 2000 down 0.31%. And we should have some bush tea uh, in, in our number two. Uh, might be having a conversation with um, Donald Ducks Cole and, uh, and Ronnie Russell. If they're available, uh, so we'll we'll find out in a little bit. Uh, you know, people will be busy and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, wait until they find Doc's call. I don't know if Ronnie's gonna be available, but we'll uh, 
to figure it out, do some more follow up on the fallout of uh, Tuesday's uh, runoff election. Um, because it's significant, and I got a lot of finger pointing going on now up on the mainland. <clears throat> Republican Party definitely uh, underperformed based on expectations uh, coming into the uh, election cycle. So, looking forward to see how that um, that 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 pans out because now we have uh, a Congress that's controlled by two different parties. One is going to be in full investigation mode and uh, uh, the other uh, is going to be um, working um, with um, the president because the president's a tiebreaker, right? You got two two chambers and and the White House uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what's going on. Now we're hearing rumblings Right, that uh, the president is trying his darndest um, to duck in in the territory for some duck sauce during the Christmas. No, I know it's gonna be rough. I mean, he's on the St. Croix side because he likes to hang out on St. Croix because uh, he travels with a media pool, and I know that we're looking at it. Um, last Christmas season and um, you know we got a hotel room issue here on St. Croix so I don't know if they've worked on that um, because you know they'll be traveling with him on Air Force One and and all that stuff so it'll be interesting to see uh, if uh, Uncle Joe right we can't only sleepy Joe no more uh, he went in too much to be sleeping uh, check and see if Uncle Joe is gonna make it <laughs> make uh, an appearance here in the territory uh, for the season. You know, he um, brother live over there on uh, I believe it was Water Island. I remember during the um, during the the campaign when he was running in 2020, the the the, the propaganda, the, the desperation set in. Uh, one Republican. Uh, was in uh, St. Thomas and they were on the waterfront and, and they looked over and uh, and they were doing a, like one of those camera shoots, uh, cell phone shoots and saying, that's the island that his brother owns. Own a water island. What really wrong with that? Water island belongs to people of Virgin Islands, okay? So uh, enough for the, for the gander. Okay? Yeah, we ain't really uh, into that. Okay? We're not. We're a nice, a little quiet um, jurisdiction, yeah. Maybe a little too much politics involved in things, but um, yeah. don't get we involved in our stromo. Like we just said, uh, we're not having it. Seriously, don't, don't do that. Um, popular issues up there, deeply polarized nation. Uh, every little thing is m magnified into, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, into uh, something bigger than it really is. And as a result, causes problems. 
Seriously. Way too much animosity. Way too much electricity. Any little thing spark, spark, sparking ridiculous reactions and all that stuff, and we don't need that. Real talk. And that's something I want to talk about uh, when we have some bush tea because um, we heard uh, in Germany, right, that um, they had they had a a, a, a countrywide sweep because apparently they were looking to uh, overthrow the country. They had to arrest some people. Um, this is this is just wild, and they were looking to um, take the chancellor hostage and all that stuff. Luckily, you know the intel um, led them to to where these folks were. They had all of the um, artillery and all that stuff. This is this is crazy, and uh, I don't know how why we want to live like that. Um, Globally, you know, we're not struggling already. Um, what's taking place in, in the Ukraine has impacted everything with us. Uh, supply chains undermine, what have you. But, you know, there's one thing, but when, when people love power, and, you know, for those of you who live here uh, in the territory or in the region, you know, and grow up uh, listening to, to shot shut, and you know, that song there, when people have power and authority, they don't give a blank about you and me. You know what I mean? And the rush, the love for power, very, 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 very uh, dangerous. And when I read that, you know, I was wondering um, if, in fact, um, that's a repercussion of um, you know, what they saw took place at the Capitol building on January 6, 2021. Same thing tried to happen in Peru. Um, the, the, the Peru um, leader had to, you know, he wanted to, to, to turn the country and uh, enter dictatorship. They had to arrest him. Now they have a female leader uh, in Peru as well. So rough times around the world, but we'll persevere. I'm confident of that. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we should be hearing from uh, the lottery director. I remember Williams anytime. No, be back right after this. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go. And our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com Great question. That is a great question. And that's a great question. Wow, that's another great question. That's uh that's a great question. Oh, that's a great <laughs> that's a great question. That is a great question. What a great question. On fresh air, you'll hear unexpected questions and unexpected answers. Weekdays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJ FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 
If you graduated from high school in the U.S. Virgin Islands, don't be stuck with college debt. Create your future for free with Free Tuition Plus at UVI. With Free Tuition Plus, your tuition is covered. Plus, you can use additional financial aid to pay for room and board and other expenses. At the University of the Virgin Islands, you'll receive a world-class education with opportunities to study abroad and gain hands-on experience. Choose from 99 majors, minors, and certificates on campus and online. Visit www.uvi.edu and apply today. I'm Scott Tong from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up. Plus, conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So join us for NPR's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on WTJX-FM 93.1. And we're back here. Uh, I analyze this. There we go. There we go. We're back here and analyze this. I know it's just um, looking over a story here on uh, the source. Um, hold on a second. But we do. Where um, the Children's Museum receives a, a big a big check from. King of the Wing, uh, 2022. It said more than a dozen people stood excitedly in the Virgin Islands Children's Museum surrounding a large check. The check was from the King of the Wing competition held this year in June at Megan's Bay. It was a fundraiser for the Virgin Islands Children's Museum and it raised 105281 $5,281.40 Major sponsors of uh, the 2022 King of the Wing competition included Alpine Securities, White Bay Group, and the Virgin Islands Department of Tourism. It's amazing, much needed. Thank you again to Alpine, the registrants, the sponsors, and the people who came and enjoyed Wings. Thank you so much for your support, said Executive Director of the Virgin Islands Children's Museum, Chantal Hoheb, who we've had on the show. A couple of occasions, so congratulations. Um, the $105,281.40 check is a new record raise from a single King of the Wing competition event. Who have said there was also a record-breaking number of people in attendance and a special guest performance by a Grammy Award-winning rapper, actor, and record producer. I think there were eight to 10,000 people there in and can we remember Method Man? What? It was insane. It was absolutely insane. Wait a minute. Method Man been uh, over there making his beer. We know about it. Um, Danny Challenger, what's going on? Huh? Help said ex- excitedly describing the crowd that packed the stage during during the Wu-Tang Clan members' performance. What's going on? Eh? Method Man been over there making his beer. Nobody knows about that. I'm glad to hear about this, man. For those of you who don't know, Method Man's one of the greatest rappers that ever lived. Wow. Congratulations. Wow. This is this is awesome. The 2002 King of the Wing Restaurant Division winner travels to compete in the 2022 National Buffalo Chicken Wing Festival competition in Buffalo during Labor Day weekend. 
I guess that's gonna happen next year, right? Because everybody don't gone. It probably don't happen already. Okay, yeah, yeah. This year, Chef Corey Baker of Barefoot Buddha won the King of the Wing Restaurant Division at St. Thomas and took second place for media best in show at the national competition. Oh, okay, happening already. Yeah, travel and hotel accommodations to the, to Buffalo were made possible through King of the Wing Competition of St. Thomas and the Virgin Islands Department of Tourism. King of the Wings is a great community event. When we take the teams that win to Buffalo, then we get to expose the USVI to thousands of people, which is a wonderful event for us to market our destination into the Canadian border and the U.S., said Assistant Commissioner of Tourism, Alani Henneman Tadman. Who helps set the money raise from the King of the Wing event is crucial and will help support the programs, use of space, operations, and much more. She's grateful for the community support of the museum, which helps them support the community. It's going to help us pay rent, going to help us pay our staff. Hopefully we'll have another community event shortly and look out for guests from Santa. This is going to go far, but please don't stop supporting. So, you know, at some point we got to reach out to Chantal Hoheb so she could um, let us know how um, awesome this was. Because it really, it really is when you look at it. You know, you got Method Man up in the joint. That's 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 awesome. So let me shoot a um, text to Miss Hoheb. That's Frankie Hoheb daughter, by the way. Great, and um, let her know um, that um, we're gonna congratulate her. And the Children's Museum um, uh, The King of the Wings joint You know what I'm saying? Uh, because that's awesome A hundred thou? That's what I'm talking about That's what I'm talking about That's that's good Yeah One of my listeners will give me the, the update That uh, the Secret Service Had already started to You know Exercise their due diligence. Um, with respect to the, the president potentially coming into the territory. So, uh, if that's the case, you know, we're definitely done with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking at um, not not New Year's. He might be here in advance of Christmas. So. We'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully that works out. Seriously. Because, you, know, you know, whenever, wherever the president goes, that's an economic boost. That's just how it is. So, you know, we definitely going to take that. And you know when they eat in the local cuisine, once they eat once in the Virgin Islands, particularly here on St. Greg, they're coming back. You know what I'm saying? That's just, that's just how it is. Uh, straight up and down. Okay? So, Hoping to hear from uh, the commissioner of, uh, I mean, the director of the lottery, uh, Rima Williams, uh, anytime now, and might be hearing from uh, the education commission, education department, of education, public uh, information officer as well. Now I, you know, I'm a little concerned about 
the um the COVID numbers. You know, because we really don't need to go back into any kind of lockdown mode or anything like that. So I gonna ask the public and you guys and gals have been uh, very, very responsive to um, be a little bit more alert uh, because um, the numbers uh, can head off in a tangential direction that is not beneficial to the people of the Virgin Islands. Speaking of which, um, the, the lottery office uh, director, uh, he also has his hat in a number of different areas, public service commission and things of that nature. Uh, election system has joined us this morning. Uh, Director Rima Williams out of the Mecca, out of Grove. Good morning, Director Williams. How are you? Morning, sir. Morning. I Sorry, I'm a little late calling. No, 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 no. We good with that. We good with that. Um, um, there's nothing wrong with it. Happy holidays to you and the family and all of the folks at the lottery. Same to you, Neville. Thank you for that. Thank you for taking my lottery family. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Now, um, how's the lottery doing? Lottery in the Virgin Islands is doing magnificent. Um, you know, our revenues, uh, um, regardless of all the different environmental financial impacts we've seen throughout our community, lottery has been steady. Um, it's continuing to grow. It's continuing to build. You know, we, we always talk about the wave of opportunity. And we continue to do things, not just new, but to enhance our product continuously. You know, we have some plans going into the new year that will continue to build on that wave of opportunity. So, you know, we're excited about it. I'm extremely excited about seeing that continuous growth with our enterprise. Um, the, the Powerball, when, 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 the, when that, that number um, was up in the billions, um, were we were you seeing the benefit of that here in the territory? Yeah, recently I've been um, uh, looked at those numbers for all the members of the consortium that makes up the Parvala Mega Million uh, product, and here in the territory uh, of that one point, well, it ended up at two point one billion. Our revenues we saw like a twenty seven percent spike in revenue just during. That, I think it was like a three-week period. That's good. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it creates that sense of energy where people decide they want to, you know, do and play more because the, the, the purse is bigger and as it grows, more people play. But um, um, it's a, I mean, nationally, when you look at the, the numbers, the, 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 the price payment was at two point one billion. The actual revenue generated on that single draw was almost closer to $2.9 billion in revenue. So, you know, it, it really, really expands all together. You know, we looked at some charts recently was in a muscle meeting, and it showed where over the two last 12 months how that entire revenue growth has been. Um, and I'll share one thing with you. There's a game called Double Play that is in associated. Like, you know, you have Power Ball. And you have power Play, yeah. They have the Mega Million product, and along with that Mega Million product, there's something called Double Play. Um, that's a game that we're not doing here yet, because our market, um, based on our market analysis, we, we generally we are revenue neutral in, in the gaming industry. So what you see is uh, um, people spending money across a, a, a plethora of games, 
um, and when you add new games or new products, you want to ensure that they're not going to necessarily um, stifle the other product. So, you know, it, it, it requires market study. But the trend that we're seeing across the U.S. with DoubleFlip, it is growing exponentially. So hopefully by the third quarter of this fiscal year, we'll be introducing that, that new game via our contractor, that being Caribbean Lottery. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, Neville, before we get back to the purpose of the call, we continue to see the illegal gaming activity here in the Virgin Islands. Um, we've done um, PSAs. We've done educational, um, different types of educational pieces. Um, we're, we're trying to educate our community that bottom line is this. Our launch of Lottery is Me, I Am Lottery, speaks to a sense of national pride. It speaks to the sense of wanting everybody in our community, wanting to invest in their own community and that community outside of the VI. So what have we done? Um, over the last almost two years, through our contractor, we have gone to market to determine how can we um, benefit from these illegal games. So instead of um, just only doing enforcement and doing education, our contractor will be rolling out competitive games similar to the Quinella, the um, the what I call the Palais, the Weiwei, all those illegal games that you see continue to happen here in the community. We're going to have games that are going to have the same um, person price structures. In some instances, it's going to be better. The only difference between the legal and the legal game is that the legal game has to be taxed, like anything else. Um, so, I, so are you going to be infiltrating the illegal games? Absolutely. <laughs> the objective is to, to strangle it. Um, our, our enforcement team, um, I continue to challenge them. Um, we continue to train. We continue to do different things to make sure that we're going to get out there and go after these people. These people are ruthless, however. So you got to be very careful with your approach to this. And I'm not telling you anything that you personally don't know. No. Because you see, you know, I, I'm the lottery director, and these people are trying to tell me the illegal game. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's always amazing to show you that, like, a lot of other criminal activity in our community People get comfortable. You know, you're driving in the street now. Um, I am here in Christiansa Town. You know, by uh, Vaitima, it's that one way heading west. People coming up the street heading east. You know, it's like we have a lot less society. But in our reality, back to what we're doing. So those are some of the things you're going to see rolling out. Because, Neville, at the end of the day, we need to keep our revenue In the territory, yeah. We need to keep our revenue local. So we've got to keep fighting and keep fighting against a lot of this illegal gaming that's going on. So to the purpose of our camp, and and, um, I think it's Thursday, uh, December 22nd, we're going to be hosting our Extraordinary Drawing Number 82. Um, We started out our promotions on this draw by advertising the fact that we're going to be, we have a, one of our bonus prizes would be a quarter acre of um, land in Strawberry Hill. Um, unfortunately, and, and, and um, pretty much because of not uh, recognizing that there's some elements that we needed to 
Father, I'm going through. The land is no longer available um, as a bonus price. However, in lieu of the land, we're offering the same value of that land of $55,000 as a cash price. So you, 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 now it, it opens a whole different, you know, I really liked the idea of doing a land. We still intend to pursue it at our next year, probably in June. But for right now, what's going to happen is that instead of locking you into this piece of property in specific, you don't have $55,000 that you could probably buy another piece of land. You may want to buy that specific piece of land that was advertised. You may want to use that money to pay down your mortgage. You may want to use that money to do home improvement. You might just want to put the money in the bank. I mean, the, the opportunities are endless. You know, so I, I needed to get the community to know that it's not false advertising. It's just a matter that um, things that happen technically and legally that were outside of our control would not have allowed um, that opportunity to become a reality in the period of time that we're doing this raffle. But, you know, I, I just want to put it out to our community that the land is not available per se. But the, but the, but the value of the land is available. The value of the land. Via, so, via, via the raffle. Well, that's, that, that's the most important thing. And that's what, you know, that's what that's, that's why this particular medium there. Uh, right. Because right. Uh, the one thing that we want to do is let the public know um, the actual the, the actual facts, you know what I'm saying, as opposed to speculating and and uh, and all that stuff. So, um, and, and the thing about the novel is that we need to focus on the drawing. It's got an extraordinary drawing, yeah. Because our, our regular purse um, structure starts at one seventy five biweekly. This specific drawing is a half million dollar mm-hmm. drawing. For the first price, just so, under, yes. just under three times the normal, the normal yes, amount. Because uh, uh, three times, yes, three times that amount would be five hundred twenty-five thousand. This one is a half right. a million, right underneath that. So, yes, yes. Yes. so that in itself is, I think, the, the driving force, the emphasis behind people purchasing um, the tickets mm-hmm. for the year. So, and in addition to the, the top prices of the half a million. Uh, the second price is like $90,000. Yeah. Don't talk about it. Why is it on the right there, right? Hold on there one second because we got Victor Sum coming for the Department of Education. When we come out from the break, we're going to wrap up the, this conversation with you and then we're going to go to Victor Sum. Okay, so hold on there for one second. We'll be back right after this. You know exactly how you take your morning coffee. Knowing where to get news you can rely on is just as simple. Listen to Morning Edition from NPR News every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. here on WTJX-FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. You can also listen on demand via the WTJX app, available for download from the App Store in Google Play. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news design for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 
Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam! Ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. It's that time of the year when it's nice to connect with each other. WTJX has been here for you all year round, but we need your support. Show your gratitude for WTJX and give today by calling 844-737-9842 or by heading to WTJX.org forward slash donate. Thank you from WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Uh, and we're, we're back here um, analyze this. There we go. Back here analyze this with um, Lottery Director. Uh, Rima Williams, you're wrapping up the conversation with respect to the impact of this extraordinary drawing that takes place, what, twice a year, right? Um, we were budgeted for uh, twice a year through FY22, but now in FY23, we're going to do three of them um, um, uh, through this fiscal year. I know you have a comment on I just wanted to add that in addition to the $5,000 cash price in lieu of the land, we are also as part of the bonus raises. We have a two thousand dollar shopping spree and an eighty five LED um, television. So you know, there, there are three bonus raises in in that, in that draw. Um, in addition to the plethora of raises that um, anyone that plays can win. So you know, it's just it's, it's, it's extraordinary. And the, the the meaning behind of it is the fact that the investment of fifty dollars for a ticket can yield you. A half million dollars, it can use you $55,000, 90, um, all the way down to 40 in our top uh, five price category. And again, there's um, all those uh, terminals and all the other prices that will be paid off. So I think it's an exciting time. It's a great opportunity to close out our um, calendar. Um, it gives our community some spending power. So I really just wanted to speak to that level. Without a doubt. Thank you very much, Mr. Lottery Director, and um, good luck with the extraordinary drawing and encourage everybody to participate and support local, right? Yes, sir. And, and, and I, I like how you're infiltrating the, 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 the illegal arena. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back. We'll come back. Um, some yeah. More I guess some more details yeah. there with respect to that. We are discourage that because that's illegal. They, they, they could actually you know, be arrested for stuff like that. So we need to discourage uh, that type of uh, activity here in the territory. Thank you very much, Mr. Director. Okay, have a great day. You too. Enjoy the remainder of your day. That's Raymond Williams, um, lottery director, also a member of the Public Service Commission and chairman of the Virgin Islands Joint Board uh, of Elections. We can transition right to the Department of Education. My good friend, childhood friend, neighbor, um, assistant commissioner, Victor Sum for Department of Education. Bruds, felicidades. Good morning and season's greetings, sir. How are you? I'm good, man. Good to hear your voice. I have been talking to you for a while, but um, that means uh, no news is good news, man. That's how I see it. Well, well, you know, it's hard to follow up after my brother Raymond Williams. You know, he he just you know consumes the room with just good news. 
<laughs> now, if it's one person I can't fit it in, um, that 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 going that going keep things at that level uh, is yourself uh, speaking on behalf of the department. How's education doing? Education is coming along. Um, we have our ups and downs, but we are progressing slowly but surely. Uh, we are wrapping up for our secondary programs. You know, next week we're going to see exams uh, at the high school level. And that's in compliance with the new calendar law. The new calendar law establishes that school must end, the first semester of school must end no later than December 23rd. So mm-hmm. we are in full compliance with the new calendar law. As a matter of fact, we're now in the process of developing school calendars for the 23-24 school year and the 24-25 school year so that we're ahead of the game. Uh, so that's 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 progressing. So begin, you, you had a you, you had a little stint you had a little stint there as commissioner. What was that like, man? Even though you, you I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know that you you you're you're always you've always been a behind the scenes productive type. But what was it like with that profile for a little bit, man? Well, it was uh, interesting. I, I I spent about a month and a week, uh, five weeks, as acting commissioner as we transitioned from one commissioner to another. But the, the, the most important thing is that we have some professionals in the department that make sure the department continues progressing, make sure that there's continuity, that just because the leadership may change doesn't mean the department comes crashing down. And so that was important. And that type of support, of course, is important. When we look at our state directors, when we look at our superintendents, these are the people that, you know, keep the machine functioning because we want to ensure that, you know, we, we will always have issues with buildings because we have very old facilities in this department. But what, and the focus unfortunately always tends to be on, you know, building issues. Um, but the, the true product of the Department of Education and what works is teaching and learning. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter the condition of buildings, it doesn't matter, you know, the challenges we have with facilities, teaching and learning continues in the territory. And we work continuously to improve teaching and learning. We're getting ready, come in March, the window for our state assessment, the Smarter Balance uh, uh, assessment opens until April. So we're getting ready for the administration of that state assessment that will tell us how our students are doing at specific grade levels, three to five, for example, in elementary, so that we can measure and then work and improve it. In the St. Thomas, St. John District, Superintendent Jorgen and his team, they've been going to schools and doing the walkthroughs and meeting with teachers and principals. What works, what doesn't work? These are the goals. These are the objectives that we need to plan. The St. Croix District, you know, we have a new superintendent, uh, uh, Aristilda Adley Herman and her team, they've been doing the same thing, visiting schools on a daily basis, meeting with principals and teachers, meeting with parents to find out what's going on, what's working, how can we help. So that's really, you know, we're continuing to do the work that we're accustomed to doing, to improving the lives of our students, to make sure that teaching and learning continues and continues well. How how the commissioner making out? I know she was, she um, was, a, she was a operations uh, executive looking at uh, the, uh, I think the, her responsibility was oversight with construction and new schools and all that stuff. Yeah, new no. schools. Well, you know, I, I must say um, this commissioner comes well prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to being the chief of operations, she was the 
Insula Superintendent for the St. Thomas and John District. And prior to that, she was the principal at Julius Pro. So she comes with that background. She comes with that school administration background. And she's quite capable of moving the department forward. Um, I keep on saying there's a new wind in the department. Uh, we're going in a very good direction. Uh, we're continuing to build on the work. We're not going to be, you're not going to see these dramatic shifts because there's good work. There's good work that has gone on in this department that continues to go on. And our job is to build on that, expand on that, improve on that. And that's where we are. We're in a very good place right now. Uh, the commissioner's confirmation hearing is scheduled for next week, Tuesday the 13th at the legislature. We are confident that she will do well because she comes with that background uh, from a school-based administrative background to operations. And, and uh, we're certain that this is the right fit for this time as we move forward to improving education in the territory. Well, without a doubt, I, I expect her to, to have a, uh, an awesome presentation and hopefully sail through the Rules Committee. And then uh, the yes. full body will knock that out uh, one week later. Having said that, I don't want us to downplay the work that her uh, predecessor did. Yeah, um, uh, Commissioner uh, Barry Benjamin had to steward the, the Virgin Islands Education Department uh, during the COVID-19 window, which still is alive, but uh, we were deep in it. Um, and when she was, uh, was under her leadership, and I know people like to pile on to those after they're gone, I ain't doing that. I, I saw the, the, the awesome chemistry um, among the four of you, 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 her, and both our superintendents at that particular time. And I want to um, let the public know that I stand here um, willing to say, well, sit here, willing to say that I've seen, I saw that chemistry up front and at the leadership level, um, there was good work done um, with, with under, the, uh, un, 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 under the commissionership of uh, yeah. uh, Raquel she, Bear Regiment. She, she understood that it was a transformational time. The department had never before had to go from in-person live instruction to online instruction. That's never happened anywhere mm -hmm. in the planet. And so she was great for the time and that she understood that the department was going through transformation. And, uh, you know, she was very good at uh, having a vision and developing strategy for the department. And like I said before, those are things we're not throwing out the day with the bathwater. We're improving upon what was started and moving forward uh, to expand what was started because we realized that some very good things were, were done, especially with respect to strategic planning and especially with respect to our approach to, you know, online learning. And now that we've gone through this, this is something that we will always see. Um, we have to realize that there are different ways to engage our student, engage our, our community um, in learning, not just in a face-to-face -face, uh, because of teacher shortages and not just teacher shortages in the territory but teacher shortages internationally mm -hmm. across the United States, across the globe. Unfortunately, professionals aren't getting into teaching. They're getting to other careers, and that has left a severe shortage. So as these shortages occur, despite our best efforts of recruitment, we now need to use technology that we learned as a result of COVID to make sure that we continue teaching and learning and that's the most important thing what what about um the 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 healthcare uh dynamic uh at the schools nurses what have you um given that we're dealing uh, with this pandemic this endemic um the 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 level of sensitivity um the increased level of sensitivity uh in that regard um is that something that the, 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 the department's paying close attention to 
you know, we have a wonderful relationship with Commissioner Encarnacion and the Department of Health. Um, and even though COVID is no longer a pandemic in the territory, the Department of Health ensured that our school nurses were trained in how to do testing. So all of our schools and nurses are well equipped to do testing for uh, suspected cases of COVID among students. We have equipment where we're a part of the of the system at the Department of Health where when we need test kits, we order in advance. Nurses can order directly uh, from the Department of Health when they need test kits. So we are very well prepared. We, I must say, though, that in the St. Croix District, we continue to have issues in recruiting school nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, just because nurses are in such great demand, and the the compensation packages that nurses are offered outside of the territory, certainly at our hospitals and in private practices, is much greater than what our contractual obligation, because nurses are a part of the American Federation of Teachers, and their wages are set by that contract. And we wish it could be more competitive so that we can uh, recruit and retain nurses in the department. In the meantime, we're working with the Department of Health to... Um, and identify and ultimately hire nurses uh, that would be public health nurses at the Department of Health to work in the Department of Education because health is, is the, the expertise. We have really good relations with our territorial epidemiologists. One of the biggest concerns currently is RSV. That's a respiratory uh, uh, that's a respiratory medical issue yeah. that primarily affects young children. So we got some great advice and we advised uh, our school nurses and administrators what to look for in an RSV. Uh, it's not as um, uh, you know endemic as, as COVID, but it's still a concern because it can result in hospitalization and health is monitoring uh, RSV in the territory, particularly when it gets to the hospitalization stage. Well, since so they since provide since us since some really good advice. Since you mentioned that there was an outbreak in Columbus, Ohio with measles. Um, ah, yeah, yeah, so so um, that, you know, that happening um, should always, you know, have us on our P's and Q's, right? Um, because well, you never, you never, know, when, you never know when outbreaks can happen. Exactly, but I, I'm confident that the Department of Health is it's, it's on its toes, and anything like that that should happen in the territory, we will get sound advice and guidance from the Department of Health. We, like I said, this is an entity that we correspond with on a regular basis. We have very close working relations uh, with Commissioner Encarnacion and whole staff of the Department of Health. They're really, they're really good partners uh, with the Department of Education. Finally, before I let you go, um, the new school on St. Croix, not so much yep. where we at with respect to that, but the cost at this juncture, um, well over $100 million, almost approach, approaching $200 million. That's, that's significant. Uh, um, th- that's, a, that's a result of, of the supply chain issues we're dealing with, uh, along with the, 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 just the, the, the cost of material uh, at this time in our existence? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it may seem exorbitant, but if you look at the cost of construction across the country, it's in line with those costs. And you have to take into consideration where, you are, where we are. Where yeah, well, we got we are shipping uh, dynamic that don't exist on the mainland um, that are going to automatically increase the cost. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's too much, and I'm just saying that it's 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 you know increased exponentially from 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, but not only that, as we battle climate change, we have to look at new construction methods and different types of construction material. Correct. Air conditioning is always an issue, um, and you're going to see and need more air conditioning 
because of what's going on with respect to climate change. And so we have to look at building schools where we can take greater advantage of trade winds and, and reduce the reliability on things like, like air conditioning and try to get that cool air running through our schools naturally. So those are things that um, I know that our operations division is headed by Ellen Fleming and Chanel Calwood, our architect. And they've put a lot of time, energy, and attention into those kind of things as we look at um, new construction of schools in the territory. Without a doubt. Well, um, so when, when, when the school year done, they got, uh, uh, when the semester done, calendar year, um, a good two-week two break thereabouts, somewhere around there, and then we hit the ground running in January? Most definitely. We're very excited about students coming back, not having to worry about exams, you know, having, to, ha- having had a two-week Christmas break. Uh, so it's really ideal that... Um, they're able to get exams out of the way before before uh, Christmas arrives. I know some students are anxious because if they don't do well, they may not get as great a Christmas gift <laughs> <laughs> as they had hoped. But I, I think uh, this new approach in terms of the new uh, calendar where the semester ends at the secondary level um, before Christmas, I think it, it's worked. This is our second or third year on the new calendar and uh, calendar law, and I think it's going really well. Thank you, very m- seen thus far. Thank you very much, Assistant Commissioner Victor Sum. Thanks for the and update. Season, Appreciate it. You, you got it. Happy holidays to you and yours, sir. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. You got it. We'll take a break. Be back right after this with, with some Bushti in our number two. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. What is the secret to happiness? That's a really good question. And how can we live a more meaningful existence? Here's the secret, I think, of life. I'm Anoush Zamarodi. Each week on NPR's TED Radio Hour, we go on a journey with TED speakers who help us answer some of life's biggest questions. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's get right to it. Join us. Saturdays at 4 p.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big cowboy hat on. He looked like like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 